0: Welcome Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition, a Thursday edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Get ready, folks. It's going to be the best Pewter Report podcast we've ever done. I'm your host, Scott Reynolds. And alongside me tonight, as we talk about how the Bucs can maybe get the most value out of this upcoming draft, and yes, it's a picture of Kansas State outside linebacker, edge rusher, Felix Anudike Uzama. The Bucks like him. They interviewed him formally at the Combine. And Todd Bowles will be in my old stomping grounds, Manhattan, Kansas. Man Happiness, is like to call it. Kansas State University for the K-State Pro Day tomorrow. And uh, as I mentioned, I'm Scott Reynolds. Alongside me is Adam Slavon
1: from Pewter Report. How are you doing tonight, Adam? I'm doing great, Scott. Great to be on with you. Don't get the chance to uh, be on with you much. Usually... It's me and Matt on Thursday, yeah. but we get to have you on today. So really yeah. excited to be on. I'm excited to be on you, And
0: uh, we're excited to talk a little draft, which it's rapidly approaching, man. We're, we're you know, less than uh, a month out now. Today is March 30th. The draft is April 27th through the 29th. So a month from, from today, we're going to know who all of those draft picks are for the Buccaneers. And we'll have a chance to evaluate them, give our instant analysis in terms of what we think in terms of the players, whether they hit on some of those guys or whether they reached on some, and also, too, whether they address some some needs because this football team does have some needs heading into the draft. They've addressed some in free agency. I think they're still going to sign a couple more free agents. Looks like Keanu Neal, the safety, is going to be signing with, uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, I believe. And so, uh, you know, are they going to re-sign Logan Ryan? I think they will. There's some interest there if the numbers are right, but they're also going to be drafting a safety, too, this year, Adam.
1: Yeah, it could even be possibly the first round uh, based on some of the mock drafts we've done. Yeah. Brian Branch might, might might be there at number 19, but bringing back Logan Ryan is crucial, especially yeah. after losing Mike Edwards, losing Keanu Neal, possibly. They need to keep some chemistry on the back end, something that Todd Bowles, a former safety he prides in, just having yes. that communication.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And they only have two safeties on the roster right now, right? Winfield, who is uh, entering a contract year himself? So big year for Antoine Winfield. Todd Bowles said he's going to be keeping Winfield at free safety, and I think that's a good move for the Buccaneers because uh, they need some more interceptions. They only had ten last year; they had seventeen the year prior, and uh, you know they're they're going to have to really, uh, I, I think, lean on Antoine Winfield to play some center field, be that kind of single high safety back there. And, in, um, in, you know, in that cover three defense, that Todd Bowles likes to play and use his ball hawking ability and range to to pick off more than one pass. He only had one interception last year that came in the season opener against the Cowboys. So they need a lot more interceptions from him and across the board. And this team's got to catch the ones that that are thrown to him with too many dropped interceptions last year by Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Levante, David, etc. So So uh, we'll see if that's going to be. The Bucks' direction in the first round, but tonight we're going to be talking about how the Bucks can get some value. And, uh, you know, if you want to add some value and maybe some energy to your life, well, there's only one way to do it here at Peter Report. We're going to recommend the official energy drink of Peter Report, and that's Celsius. That's right, Celsius. Essential energy you need to power your morning, to power you through. A long day at work to power your workouts. If you want energy, if you want power, Celsius is the way to go. There's no sugar crash, folks. Why? Because there is simply no sugar in it. And you're going to get all the energy you need without that sugar crash. And you're going to get plenty of taste. Holy smokes. Look at these new flavors. Fantasy vibe, which I had just the other day. It's fantastic. It's a mix of, of marshmallow and mandarin orange. You can get the sparkling lemon lime. Sparkling orange is always a hit. As well as... Tropical Vibe, Arctic Vibe, and Peach Vibe, all three Vibe flavors. Go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, find out where you can get a Celsius near you. At a health and, and fitness store, at a convenience store, at a, a grocery store, or a bodega, as Matt Matera would like to say. So Celsius, the energy drink of Peter Report, and make it your energy drink as well. All right, Adam, let's, let's get into tonight's topic here, which is, Uh, the draft. And I think you and I are probably of like minds that this year picking number 19, there's probably going to be several players. The Buccaneers have an interest in at 19. We saw Jason light trade back last year, all the way out of the first round into the second round and, and have that that first uh, overall pick uh, from Jacksonville where they used it to pick Logan hall, the defensive tackle from Houston. So uh, maybe another trade down is in store this year. Adam,
1: yeah, I definitely could see it going that way. And there's something to be said about getting the first pick in the second round. That's a whole other day to make, look over prospects and really decide who's the best fit. And it's important, like for Jason Light in past drafts, the past four or five drafts, he's really found guys between rounds two to four. And yeah. if he were to trade down, maybe get an extra third rounder, an extra fifth rounder. Yeah. That could be crucial in really rounding out the roster. Uh, Peter reports J.C. Allen a couple days ago went over some free agents the Bucks may sign, and kind of the roster reset that needs mm-hmm. to happen because even bringing in a full draft class of maybe 9, 10 guys, they still need to round out the roster. There's, yeah, it's not enough. I would say yeah, it's not, and there's a big three I would break it down need-wise and mm-hmm. saying offensive tackle, yes, a defensive back. We mentioned the safeties already. Yep. And then also getting another edge player. Yeah. The thumbnail today is Kansas State's uh Felix and Duke Uzama. Yep. Is that right?
0: Close Anodike Uzama. Yeah.
1: Anodike. But yep. yeah, uh, addressing those three with really the first three picks would be crucial. And you don't always it's kind of uh you try to find a middle ground between selecting the best player available, right? And then also drafting for need. So yep. kind of finding that sweet spot.
0: And, you know, it's interesting because a year ago, the Buccaneers didn't even dream they'd be in this position. Why? Because they gave Shaq Barrett a contract where he averages $17 million a year, right? And uh, he was coming off of a 10-sack of a Pro Bowl season. And and then you look at uh, Joe Try and Schwenka, first-round draft pick in 2021. These were supposed to be the two edge rushers that were, that were going to be the future for Todd Bowles' defense. And it's kind of crazy to think about just – you know, a year later, right? Shaq Barrett coming off of a torn Achilles at age 30. He'll be 31 in November. That's kind of a scary proposition right there. And Joe trying Shoenka entering year three. It's a critical year for JTS because he has not produced more than four sacks in any of his seasons. So it's, it's a, it's going to be a big year for the Buccaneers edge rushers. This is the first time in a Todd Bowles defense ever, they have not had an outside linebacker, Adam, lead the team in sacks. It was the nose tackle. Vea was six and a half last year.
1: Yeah. And uh, Greg Alman of Fox Sports, he pointed out, I believe within the past decade, the Bucks have only had like three different edge rushers record double digit sack seasons yep. and uh, JPP and Shaq Barrett. So they really need to find another guy on the outside to really put pressure on the quarterback. Jo- Joe Try and Schwenka. A lot of times he was so close to getting the sack. You could probably yeah. count more opportunities he had wrapping the guy or getting really close to him and not executing. Yeah. And Todd Bowles is all about execution. So to get another edge rusher that can finish the play, definitely like one of the biggest needs on the defense.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, so here's what I did, just to you know, kind of preface for tonight's show. Um, you know, I, I looked at. At a couple of mock draft simulators, and and I know that that PFF has one, Draft Network has one. I actually used Pro Football Networks for the first time; found it to be really good because they prompt a lot of trades, and and we've seen Jason Light trade up one spot to get Tristan Wirfs in twenty twenty, and then trade down last year to accumulate some more picks and and also get Logan Hall at the top of the second round, and and I think one of the best drafts that that Light kind of commandeered and I, we've talked about this before. So I'm not going to spend a bunch of time on it, Adam. I think you and I are both in agreement. The Buccaneers, Jason light Bowls, they need a 2020 type draft where you get two impact players, two pro bowl caliber types in this draft class. And of course we're talking about Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield. Those were picked one and two in 2020, but also I think this team, because they need so many players, they have to really run out this roster they're, they're going to have to have a draft similar to 2018. That's when Jason Light traded down, actually in, ended up with three second round picks. And the beauty of having more picks is not just more players to add to your team and add more talent. But Adam, as we know, the draft is, is a hit and miss proposition. It's there's no slam dunks, not even the first round, not even the number one overall pick. So it allows you more chances to not just hit, but also get away with some misses back in 2018 If you look at that draft class, B. DeVale was was the number one pick for the Buccaneers. Worked out really well. Pro Bowl defensive lineman. In the second round, they had three second-round picks. You had Ronald Jones, the running back, who is probably on his way out of the league right now, signing with Dallas, but didn't do much in Kansas City after he flamed out in Tampa. Then you've got uh, M.J. Stewart, uh, a defensive back who never really lived up to that draft billing. I think he's on his third or fourth team now in the league. And, and then, of course, Carlton Davis, who was the best of the bunch and was a big-time hit. Then in the third round, they got Alex Kappa, who ended up becoming a, a starter for the Buccaneers and, and helped lead them to a Super Bowl, although he missed the Super Bowl with an injury. But then you know later on in that draft, you had Jordan Whitehead in the fourth round. So that's four really, really quality starters. So I think Jason Light has got to find a way with trades to kind of manufacture – the 2020 and the 2020 or the 2018 draft together and really get six starters, six players that could legitimately come in and start either right away or, or be, you know, groomed to start next
1: year and, and really have a couple of those be a couple of impact players. Your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely agree. The 2018 and 2020 drafts were two that I wrote down. I would say, the 2018 to 2020, even putting in 2019, that was like, in my opinion, the best drafts that Jason Light has had. Yeah. And going into the 2020 draft, you could argue that Antoine Winfield was maybe more of a luxury with all the defensive backs that the Bucs did select in the right. prior two seasons. In the 2019 draft, he had Sean Murphy Bunting, Jamal Dean, Mike Edwards, all those guys. And MJ Stewart and Carlton Davis the year prior. And then they drafted Antoine Winfield. Yeah. And, and they he's Jordan whitehead a too. Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. And an all pro player. And I really like the analogy that you have of home runs and hits because the best hitters in baseball, shout out opening day, That's right. they only hit 300. Yeah. That's three out of 10. So That's a great point. With, with draft picks, you really just try to get the most value. And you don't want to hit just singles or bunts. You want to get those home run type players. That's and right. The 2020 class is a perfect demonstration of even that they didn't hit on their later picks, the first two had such an impact and made it the most successful draft class.
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree. So with that being said, uh, I I did two simulated mock drafts and I didn't really engineer any of the trades. All of the trades that were were brought up, I evaluated. And some of those, and I really like the Pro Football Network uh, trade because they'll also throw in... Trades for next year's where you can trade, um, you know, this year's picks for next year's like Jason Light did last year in in getting Zion McCollum, right? They traded the fourth round pick this year to move up in in the fifth round last year to get McCollum. So I did not initiate any trades, but out of all the trades that were initiated to me as the Bucks general manager, uh, I did take uh, as many opportunities to move down as I could, as it made sense to, looking at the players available on the boards. So let me go through my first simulated mock draft here. And this you know, may or may not be as, as uh, realistic as, as, as I would like or some fans would like, but uh, here it goes. So this was the first mocked draft that I did. And let me explain a couple of things here. All the arrows point to the fact that there were some trades that were initiated. So uh, I traded from number 19, obviously, in the first one. I traded with uh, with the Giants down to pick number 25, and I also gained pick 89 to make that trade. And then once I was down to 25, the Cowboys called me because they were sitting at 26, and they wanted to move up one spot. And they gave me pick 26, as well as 129 and 212. So what I did was I selected Anton Harrison. With the Cowboys pick at 26, I wanted to get that offensive tackle. You and I are both in agreement. That's one of their top three needs. So, uh, and, you know, I don't have – we don't have the time to go through all of the players that were available, but I'm sitting here trying to, to, to play the, the best general manager I can for the Buccaneers. Okay, so surprisingly, Felix Anodike Ozama, who, listen, folks, I'm a Kansas Stater, I'll admit it, but if this kid went to KU, my arch rival – I would be all about taking him. I think he's one of the best pass rushers in this year's draft class. So in, in that with pick number 50, which is the Bucks original pick, I picked him because he was the best player available and also fit a need. And then um, at pick number 82, I traded down one more time with the Vikings to pick 87, where Sam Laporta, the tight end from Iowa state was there and it picked up number one fifty-eight from the Vikings. So, Right here off the bat, Anton Harrison, Felix Eneduke ozama and Sam Laporta. Tight end is a need? Is it as pressing a need is as safety? No, but I thought he was a really
1: good value. Your thoughts on these first three picks, Adam? I really like each of the picks, and you mentioned even getting a tight end at number 87. Finding playmakers on both sides of the ball, it's crucial. Yeah. And I wouldn't even be against a wide receiver. I know in the first mock drafts, uh, you had Zay Flowers out of yep. Boston College, huge fan of him, and also Josh Downs. He's been really impressive with his route running, kind of showing that at his pro day. So finding a playmaker in the first three rounds, definitely could see that happening for the Bucks. Yep. Uh, the guy from Kansas State, I'm not going to say his name again, said it once. <laughs> Just but, on uh, Felix. <laughs> Felix, yeah. He, he definitely is one of the best edge rushers, and he has the production to back it up. And yep. that's what you really like to see, just taking the intangibles and tools. Because Joe Tryon Schwenka, he, he has all the tools to right. be a productive pass rusher. He just doesn't have the results yet. So some taking somebody with the results, uh, definitely a fan of that. And Anton Harrison, getting a tackle at 26 yep. or 27, if the Bucs can trade down and either get him or Darnell Wright, it could address a need. And putting one of them at right tackle, moving Tristan Wirfs to left tackle, kind of kills two birds with one stone. And the hope is that Tristan Wirfs can keep up his production at uh, left tackle.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, I went with Laporta. I know that that's a player that it's on the Buccaneers radar. They went ahead and and, uh, and interviewed him at the, the combine. Uh, we had a comment here. It says, how come we haven't heard of prospects visiting Tampa? That's a great question. Yeah, We're kind of wondering that ourselves. I'm going to be starting to call some of these agents next week. Usually, uh, you see more visits announced on Twitter. Uh, some of the the insiders in the NFL, they they get a hold of, of the agents uh, quicker than local media can. And they always want to brag about this player's visiting the Texans, the Steelers, the Buccaneers, etc. Just haven't been many guys. Carl Brooks. Defensive tackle from Bowling Green and Hendon Hooker, the Tennessee quarterback, the only two players so far that have um, that have uh, uh, you know made it public uh, publicly known to visit the Buccaneers. And so we'll see. Uh, let's go back to the draft here. Uh, Tennessee Mortis says this draft is incredibly optimistic. It is. You're exactly right. Listen, and all I did was just simply draft the players that were available, and I don't agree with some of these these rankings, uh, getting Carl Brooks at 175, I thought that was ridiculous. I think he's going to go much higher than that, but the fact that he was there, I took him. So I only played by the rules that were given to me by the PFN mock draft simulator. So, uh, you know, to kind of finish it out here, the, the extra picks that I got, and I wound up with 12 overall, I think if Jason light and the bucks end up with 12 picks, they have nine. Now they can get three more like I did in this draft. And those extra picks ended up being Jartavis Martin, otherwise known as Quan Martin. He's kind of like that nickel safety uh, from Illinois in, um, in the third round with pick 89 that I got from the Giants. And then also Jamie Robinson, a, a safety that can kind of team with, with Winfield back there. And, uh, and so you, you get a guy that, that really is, is a bit of a robber. He can, he can just take the ball away, et cetera. That was an extra pick that I got from the Cowboys by trading down at 129. And then also Tank Dell, uh, the receiver that I got at 158 from Houston, kind of a of a speedy slot guy, kind of undersized, a little bit maybe better than Devin Tompkins. We'll see. And then Ty J Spears, the running back. I don't think he's going to last that long, but I <laughs> yeah. love him too much. I don't think the Bucs like him, really. I don't, but but I do. So I addressed some of the offensive guys there. The Bucs want speed. Those are some guys that can add some speed. And then, of course, you have Carl Brooks there, the defensive tackle. Uh, Cam Jones, I don't think he's going to be there that late. Same with Yaya Diaby. But I like the fact with Diaby, he's a player that you and I saw at the Senior Bowl. And, yep. and they had him playing defensive line as opposed to edge rusher because he's about 275 pounds. But, man, you've you you you've got a kind of, a, of an interesting tool there, right, where you can have a guy like Diaby that could play edge rusher in a pinch but also
1: – work to maybe add some size and play inside. Yeah, definitely. And he doesn't, he wouldn't be forced to start right away, like off the edge or even along the defensive line, having uh, Anthony Nelson come back, I think is huge and perhaps underrated for what he, he really came along in the second half of last season, had a few like strip sacks and was really productive there. And along the defensive line, getting another guy in the three, four scheme, Logan Hall, uh, I think you said it. Looking to put on some weight heading yeah. into next season, got Greg Gaines uh, from the Rams. That's that's gonna be huge and just plugging up and kind of filling that Akeem Hicks role. Yeah. So where that puts Diaby is, he isn't forced to start right away, but he can learn and that's right. As the games go on, get more reps and kind of that Logan Hall path that you saw last season, where the weeks went on, he got more snaps, or if there's an injury, he can fill in for a couple of weeks and. I also want to bring up you mentioned the defensive back from Illinois at number 89. There's another yep. defensive back from Illinois that the Bucs could be looking at, and Sydney Brown. Yes. And we saw him at the senior bowl, also his uh twin brother Chase. And right. maybe he could be part of that uh that twin pairing of Ronde and Tiki Barber in the two thousands. <laughs> that would be something, and, right? Uh, yeah. But Sydney Brown, he he showed a lot of playmaking ability. I think he had six interceptions last season at Illinois. And yeah. he'd be a solid pick in either the second or third round.
0: Totally agree. We had him in our our last mock draft in the third round. And, I, and I, you know, the day it came out, I was was telling Josh Capo, you know what? In in our last mock draft, we might put put this guy in, in the second round because I think he's gonna yeah. I think he's gonna be probably uh, a player that's gonna be drafted in in the fifties or so um, at the at the latest. Not not make it to the eighties. We did the same thing with Joe Tryon Showink. I think. In our second-to-last mock, we had him in the second round. Then the final mock, we bumped him up to the Buccaneers in the first round. So, rounding out this draft, Brandon Hill, who was also in our, our mock draft from Pittsburgh, makes sense for the last pick. And yeah, I couldn't help it. Just from a value standpoint, getting Deuce Vaughn, like this little guy, five foot five, but he is an electric playmaker. And uh, yeah, he's a Kansas State or two. But I, I couldn't help getting him. And so you th- you look at this draft and say, okay, I came away with. With, a, with a, an offensive tackle, with a, an edge rusher, with another tight end, with a nickel corner, and Martin with a safety, and Robinson to kind of replace Mike Edwards with a running back who can challenge uh, Keyshawn Vaughn and Chase Edmonds for, for some carries. Remember, Edmonds and Vaughn only signed through this year, so looking ahead to next year, Rashad White's the only player under contract, so it makes sense. Yeah to beef up the running back spot, especially for as, as much as the Bucs want to run it now. Uh, uh, Tank Dell gets them an extra speed guy at wide receiver. Brooks obviously helps out along the defensive line with Diaby. Cam Jones is another guy that you can throw in the mix to challenge for uh, the, the right to be the Levante David's successor. Uh, Vaughn's a guy that, you know, hey, maybe you end up cutting Keyshawn Vaughn, right, or Chase uh, Edmonds. And, and Vaughn makes the team. And, of course, Hill is another safety, just kind of a special teamer, another player because you lost Keanu Neal, you lost Mike Edwards, you need another safety. So that's that's one version right there of of how this Bucks mock draft could go. I got Tampa Bay three extra picks, right? That's not bad.
1: Yeah, that's not bad. And I like the thought process behind it, just getting – because you look at, like, the first six, seven picks there – you could definitely see any of those guys filling a starting role either if not in 2023 and 2024. And it'll be, it'll be crucial for the bucks to nail those picks and get guys in the mid rounds. Because you look at Jason Light's drafts. I went back to 2017 Mm -hmm. round five or later. There's really only two guys, one, the jury's still out on and Zion McCollum and the other one in Scotty Miller round five or later, they haven't really found too much value of some of those picks. Guys like Grant Stewart, KJ Britt, three other special teamers are yeah. they're way down the depth chart. So maybe taking a high high risk high reward boomer bust on some of these guys. Yeah, could definitely see that.
0: And Stewart only lasted a year. They traded him to the Colts and got a sixth round pick. But uh, yeah, but you know you're right. They really have not found any of those diamonds in the rough later in the draft. And so that's something that. That I think that you know we'll have to see if, if they can hit on and maybe more picks gets them, you know, more options in in the you know the, the later part of, of the draft. Um, you know the, the other interesting thing too when it comes to uh, getting more picks is I I did the mock simulation one more time just to see how it would differ for the Buccaneers and <laughs> boy did it differ. All right, so let me put this one up here. This this is uh this is the one I did right after I did the first mm-hmm. one. And I got came away with 15 players. I kept trading down and trading down and trading down. I traded all the way down uh, out of 19, all the way down to 39. So this is how this draft shaped it up, shaped up. Went from 19, the Bills called me and they said, uh, we're, we wanted you to trade down to 27. Okay, fine. I can go from 19 to 27. What am I going to get, Bills? And they said, we're going to take pick 252 from Tampa Bay. And we're going to give you pick number 27 from Buffalo, pick number 59, which was a second rounder. And that kind of sealed the deal for me. Plus the Bills' seventh round pick at 205. So then I slide down to 27. And guess who calls me? The division rival Panthers called me. And they said, we want pick 27. And we only have pick 39, but we're going to give you pick number 93 this year, which is a third rounder. And we're going to give you a third rounder next year. I tried to get more this year, but the Panthers wouldn't budge. So I traded away pick 205, which I got from the Bills, and pick number 27 for picks 39, 93, and the Panthers third rounder for next year. Then I drafted Felix Anodike Ozama because he was literally the best player on the board at number 39 for the Buccaneers. There was no offensive tackles. Um. You know, Sydney Brown was there, but I, I took a, a chance because of the way that their board was stacked at that time. Uh, the Pro Football Network had had him down the list. So uh, I rolled the dice and to see if he would be there later in the draft than he was. I ended up getting a tackle that uh, that I got at 52 because once I made that pick for Felix Anadike Ozama, I'm picking at number 50. The Seahawks called me and they said, uh, Scott we we want f- pick number 50 we'll give you 52 plus we'll give you picks 123 which is in the fourth round and 198 well what do we talk about Adam I'm in the business of trading down in this mock draft so I took it and I traded down and then at uh at pick number 52 I I made the call and I got Blake Freeland who is a very athletic tackle from BYU and then the player that you mentioned Sidney Brown well I got Sidney Brown. And how did I get Sidney Brown? Well, I was down to, to pick number 59, which I got from the Bills. And the Bengals called me and they said, well, we have pick number 60. If you trade down one spot, we'll give you pick number 131, which is in the fourth round, plus pick 206. Well, how can I resist that, Adam, trading down one spot? Yeah. So I did. <laughs> then the final trade was the Cardinals. They wanted to pick number 60. And they said, we'll give you pick 66 plus 168. There were still literally about five players that I liked on the board at that time, including Sidney Brown. So I traded down to 66. Lo and behold, Brown was there as well as Sam Laporta right
1: there at pick number 82. I almost want to say I like this draft better than the first one.
0: (laughs) Of course. i got 15 players,
1: man. Yeah. I cleaned up. Yeah. But I, I also really like pick one fifty-three and getting Andrew Voorhees, uh, the offensive guard yes. who kind of remarkably he still did the bench press after suffering his injury. That's gonna yeah, keep him he tore out. his burn. ACL. Yeah, he tore his ACL and he's he still did like 38 reps on the bench press. Yeah, showing kind of the, the toughness.
0: He's a machine. So yeah, you're right. That's a great observation. So uh just to, to talk about these here. So I got your guy and my guy and Josh Capo's guy and Sydney Brown in the third round, which that would be a steal. But hey, yeah. stuff like this has happened before, right? So Sydney Brown uh is is the pick there in the third round. I also get Laporta, which which makes me happy because I think the Bucks are really honing in on, on these players here. And and we'll see. It'll probably end up as Bucks' best bets. But uh, but then Darius Rush. Uh, I, I get another cornerback, um, a guy that can maybe play inside, but certainly can play outside as well. As well as Jamie Robinson, who the, I, I got him in back-to-back drafts. I like Robinson. I think he's he's a Bucks type cornerback as well, uh, or uh, sorry, safety. And then uh, Isaiah McGuire, right? So I, w- why would I get two edge guys? Well, because Isaiah McGuire is a bigger edge, about two hundred and seventy-five pounds, where Felix and Adike Ozama. Is only uh, 255, but the thing about McGuire is they also like him. He was one of the players that they had a uh, formal visit with at the combine, and and, and Adam, I'm, t- I'm telling you, you can never have enough good edge rushers. Remember the last what three games of the season, this team was down to Joe Tryon, Showinka, and Anthony Nelson. They had to play every yeah. single down because Shaq Barrett was out because Carl Nassib was out. And uh, and, you know, Cam Gill was was sidelined earlier in the season with uh, with his foot injury. So th- they, they were down to the bare bones at the position. I don't think Todd Bowles wants to go through that again. And I'll tell you what, if Shaq Barrett does not rebound into form this year, he's making too much money to keep. And at age 31 next year, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they ended up parting ways with him. If he can't come back and be that dominant pass rusher this year.
1: Yeah, if he loses a step I, at that price point, I don't think that's something the Bucs can really afford to keep. And you still have the question marks of Joe Try and Will he finally take that step forward? Um, as Josh Capo likes to point out, he's a fan of him. And it's easy to see why. He's a, a big presence. He has all yeah. the tools and tangibles. He could be that guy. But he just has to take that step forward. And Anthony Nelson would probably be a solid number three if, he could just kind of come in and rotate. But otherwise, if Shaq Barrett doesn't fill one of those roles, it's going to be even more of a pressing need next yeah. offseason.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so no confidence on Jason like getting a franchise <laughs> running back. We'll see how he does with, with Rashad White. That's really been his, his blind spot. His Achilles heel is, is finding a good running back. He does not have a great uh, track record. Um, long lost laser says the Izzy running back and that's Israel Abanacana, uh, Abanakanda from Pittsburgh is blowing up draft Twitter after his pro day, 20 year old freak who had 320 yards rushing game this year. That was against Virginia tech. He also scored six touchdowns in that game. He was one of the, the players I like a lot because of his explosiveness. The Buccaneers did not have a formal interview with them at the combine, only a, an informal uh, interview. I'm not sure that he is on their radar as, as much as I would like for them to see. So, you know, we'll see. Let's go back to the the, the mock draft here and see how it shapes up. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, this is an important one right here. Uh, this is one of the rules changes that, that came into effect this week. Teams can now carry a 90-man roster all the way through the preseason. I like this, uh, Adam, because it, it doesn't force teams to have to, you know, in that final preseason game, you're not playing your starters, Right. And sometimes you can have attrition where guys get hurt and then in the second half of games, you don't have enough players to really field the positions. Why not give all players that you go to camp with all three games to decide if they can make the team or not?
1: It makes the most sense. And you don't want to cut a guy and then see him doing well with another team. Uh, following the Packers like the past couple seasons, mm-hmm. like Alan Lazard, he was cut from the Jaguars and right. he went on to Green Bay and he became one of the best wide receivers or another example, Taysom Hill. He was on the Packers as a quarterback. They had to cut him because of the roster cuts and he found a home at the saints. So having guys like that, who may be like bubble guys, Mm -hmm. all three games of the preseason to really see what they, they have and get some game reps because game reps are the most important. That's where you see, can that third string quarterback stick on the team? Can that seventh, seventh wide receiver, could he be a three or four? Right. And so, definitely like the rule change because it isn't fair to those guys to have right. to work all, all off season, go through training camp just to get caught after a preseason game.
0: Right. Fans hated the fourth preseason game, Yeah. but quarterbacks, especially quarterbacks that aren't starters loved it. And, and now teams are at a real disadvantage in terms of developing young quarterbacks. That's one less game to evaluate young quarterbacks and to get them more reps, which they need to develop. So, did I draft a quarterback here for the Buccaneers on day three? Let's, go to, let's yeah. go to my draft. I think I did. Again, uh, I'm not assigning the draft value here, folks. This is courtesy of Pro Football Network. Um, you know, Each one of these draft simulators, Adam, has has its own warts, right, uh, yep. in terms of ranking players, et cetera. Um, you mentioned Andrew Voorhees. He's a player that probably carries a second-round grade. If he didn't tear his ACL, he's probably a second-round guard, and he would be a tremendous fit coming from USC and this Dave Canales offense. So I did what any good general manager does. I helped my team this year with an eye towards the future. So even though Andrew Voorhees, I draft him in, uh, what, the fourth round, late fourth round? Yeah. Um, I draft him there because I have an extra pick. Matter of fact, I've got one two, three, four, five, six extra picks in this draft. And those extra picks are Sidney Brown, Darius Rush, Jamie Robinson, Isaiah McGuire, Yaya Diaby, and Malik Knowles. So with all these extra picks, I'm fine with drafting a player. I'm going to essentially redshirt on IR. He can factor into possibly being one of the starters next year, as well as getting that third round pick from Carolina for next year. Right, So that's not bad. Again, Yaya Diaby, Carl Brooks; those are players that that uh, you know I I think are going to go much earlier than the PFN mock draft here. But one player that I really really like, and you know what, he might actually go undrafted because there's not really a good forty yard dash time on him, is Mohamed Ibrahim from Minnesota. This team likes Minnesota players, right? They've drafted a couple now, um, you know, with uh, with Anton Winfield, with Kekeifed. And then before that, Tyler Johnson, the Minnesota wide receiver. So maybe they go back to the Golden Gophers and get a running back. I think what they're looking for on day three this year is uh, an angry runner, a guy that just runs with a bunch of violence and yards after contact. And that's exactly what, what, uh, what Mohammed Ibrahim is all about, as Sidney Brown from, from Illinois is finding out in this picture here. Um, and then rounding out the draft, um, Juice Scruggs from Penn State is a center that can play guard and give this team some another young uh, developing player there. You might think, well, they got Robert hansey they got Nick Leverett. Why, why would they need in their center? Well, just you never know, right? Yeah.
1: The, this this last team year. Yeah, at the tackle it, positions.
0: Yeah. And also it, at the center position in week three, right? There was uh, I'm sorry, in week 18. Ryan Jensen was on injured reserve. There was talk he might come back for the playoffs, which he did. But then you had Robert Hainsey get hurt in that Falcons game, and Nick Leverett had to slide over and play center. So all of a sudden, the Bucs were down to the third-string center. This is a, a nice young developmental prospect that the Bucs like and juice Scruggs from Penn State. Then I get another tight end for this team because they need another one, Payne Durham. He's a touchdown producer, 21 touchdowns in four seasons at Purdue. I round out the draft by getting his quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, with the last pick in the draft, uh, again, I think Aiden O'Connell is going to probably be gone by round seven. I think maybe rounds four through five, probably somewhere in there. And then Malik Knowles, a kick return specialist, six foot two, two hundred pounds. He's got some speed to burn. A bigger wide receiver. Can, I think he had returns of uh, three touch, three kickoff returns for touchdowns at K State. Plus, he had three touchdowns on end rounds. He's just a kind of a big time weapon. So, another developmental wide receiver. So, that's my draft there. 15 overall picks. Uh, is everyone going to make the roster? Probably not, but at least they have some room to, to have some misses here, Adam.
1: Yeah, definitely. You can stash a couple guys, as you mentioned, like Red Shirt, like Voorhees, and maybe put a couple guys on the practice squad, but yeah. definitely would be a great way to fill out the roster and get a lot of depth at. At positions that need it because you never know like how the season's gonna go we saw that last year ryan jensen went down day one and they had to fill it up with nick leverett if he goes down you have brandon walton so it's always next man up and you yeah. want to get as many guys as you can to develop to bring into the culture and kind of get them going because you never know who's going to take off and hit the ground running and speaking of running uh muhammad ibrahim yeah um the golden gopher yeah, The running back class is so deep this year. It that really is. Even if, like, he goes undrafted. Yeah. He, if he was in another draft class, you could argue he'd be a draftable player in maybe the yeah. fifth or sixth round. But just the quality of running backs, there's so many that the Bucks could pick from. Totally and agree. Rashad White, he's a, he's the a lightning in the backfield. Yeah. There might maybe a little thunder, have a ground-and-pound guy, even the, the fullback, Hunter Lepke, uh, yeah. North Dakota State.
0: I love him. I think he's great. I call him the L train because he reminds me a little bit of Mike Allstott, the, the old Bucks legend. It was a fullback, but mostly an offensive weapon. Carried the ball, touchdown producer, caught the ball out of the backfield, et cetera. This guy here can do it all as well. This is central Michigan's um, Lou Nichols, as Jeff Olson saying, Lou is the answer running back in Tampa Bay. He is a player that could be a late day three guy or a an undrafted free agent but i think you're right whether it's ibrahim whether it's it's lou nichols uh, th- there's gonna be a, a really good running back that's gonna slide through the cracks here and be available for the bucks in the seventh round or as an undrafted free agent that's why the Bijan robinson stuff is, is not happening yeah. i don't think this team is is really in position to even take jamar gibbs just because they have needs elsewhere more pressing needs They like Rashad White enough, so they don't need to supplant a guy that they think can be a a legit starter in this league and, and be a damn good one. So it makes sense for the Buccaneers to hold off until day three. They already have Chase Edmonds to where he and Keyshawn Vaughn, who kind of emerged last year in training camp, it was just kind of buried in the depth chart. They've got some guys that they like. They just need to find one more guy to really round out that depth chart, I believe.
1: Definitely. And you talk about getting the most value in the draft, that won't come from getting running back in rounds one or two. As much as Bijan Robinson could be a generational running back, an offensive tackle, getting a guy you can plug in and play for ten years, that's so much more valuable. Where running backs he could find down the board. And uh I was gonna say Rashawn Johnson, his Texas teammate, he's a really good running back too, and he could be had in like the fourth or fifth round. So there's plenty of options there at the running back position. But Todd Bowles, he mentioned that he he sees him as a three-down back, and that's yeah. huge. And he had moments last year, his stiff arm in Germany, his 100-yard yeah. games. He could be that guy. So getting an, him another season sure. under his belt, it could be huge to develop him. And you know
0: what? Um, Malcolm uh, brings up a, a good point here. Rashad White is okay, but I don't consider him lightning. He's no work done, for instance. I, I, I do think that because of his running style, which is more patient, he doesn't have that first step electricity that you see, but he does have four four speed and 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 we've seen him rip off a couple 20 yard runs, which that's really what the NFL is all about. You don't see typically the 50, 75 yard touchdown runs that you see in college because the because of the hash marks, first of all, and the fact that you've got NFL speed all over the field at every position. You know, you're not running away from some red shirt freshman safety, you know, when you're breaking away a run in college. But it really is about breaking tackles, making guys miss, getting those 12-yarders, those 20-yarders. That's, that's really where the NFL game is in terms of, of the running game. And, and you, you need a guy that, that can break some tackles or have some electricity and make you miss. And, and that's why when the Buccaneers, you know, again, I, I like Tajay Spears. I think that he yeah. is a, the kind of back that can do that. I don't know that they're as interested in him. But I do know Skip Pete talked to two running backs at the combine in an informal setting, meaning the formal interviews are reserved for Jason Light and for Todd Bowles and and the Bucks Brass. John Spitek, Mike Beal, Byron Kiefer, the assistant director of college scouting. Those are the guys that really sit in on, you know, Dave Canales. They'll sit in on those, those formal meetings. The informal meetings, sometimes it's a coordinator, but usually it's a position coach. Sometimes... It's it's just an area scout. But I do know for a fact that two guys that that did meet with Skip Pete, that do have some speed because that's one of the things Todd Bowles wants in this offense, East Carolina running back Keaton Mitchell and then Kansas State's Deuce fawn Both of those guys, again, met with Skip Pete. Todd Bowles will be out there at the Kansas State Pro Day tomorrow. There's a couple guys to look at this year. Felix Anaduke, Ozama, Julius Brents, the big six-foot three cornerback Deuce Vaughn and of course Malik Knowles uh, over there in Manhattan. But um, we'll, we'll see how, you know, how it shakes out this year. I, I do think that Jason light needs to come away with an offensive tackle early and the gamble is, and we've seen Jason light draft a couple of tackles now in, in the, the top two rounds, right? Tristan Wirfs in the first round, obviously Donovan Smith in the second round, And those guys were the starters on the Super Bowl team. So if you're going to grab a a franchise premium tackle, you got to do it early in either the first or the second round. And going back to these drafts again real quick, just looking at the first round, here you see Anton Harrison in pick number 26. That could have easily been Darnell Wright from Tennessee. And then here in this one, when I I drafted Felix and Adike Ozama, because all of the quote-unquote top offensive tackles were off the board. I was able to get Blake Freeland right there, and and he's probably on that second tier, the top of the second tier athletically, the left tackle out of BYU. But it's that important of a position. I don't think that they can can come away from the first two rounds without an offensive tackle. Do you agree, Adam?
1: I agree, because the value's there. You have to draft a guy in the first or second round, because you go in free agency, it's all the second tier guys and bridge options, band-aids, guys that have been in the league already 10 years and have a lot of wear and tear on them yeah. and they're still getting paid eight nine million dollars just because nfl teams need two tackles yeah and i actually like to pick a blake freeland in the second round out of byu he's an imposing guy you talk yeah. about six, Jones, seven, maybe. yeah yeah six Long seven arms yeah and he could fit right in because the dave Canales run scheme a lot yeah. of wide zones you're gonna need guys to really open up holes for Rashad white to get on the outside. So they definitely with Dave Canales and kind of the run emphasis on the offense. For yeah. The next season, a tackle in the first two rounds, it's seeming pretty likely.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I do like the look of Keaton Mitchell it would be a perfect to see a pirate become a Buccaneer too. That's well said Karen, for sure. Um, there's a lot of good running backs. I like in this draft and, and they're not going to draft a lot of them. They're going to probably pick one. And prob- probably all the guys I like are going to be gone. Um, although maybe like a guy like Ibrahim or maybe Vaughn will be there later in the draft. But they could go with with more of like a a speedster, a quick strike guy like a Mitchell or a Vaughn, or they could get like a banger in there. Um, you know, a, a tackle breaker, a, a Dwayne McBride. Uh, good question, Jeff. When I asked Dwayne at the combine if if he met with the Bucks. He didn't say yes. He didn't say no. um, And he looked kind of confused by the question. And um, some players are uncomfortable talking to the media. So I'm not trying to make any statements or generalizations here. But Todd Bowles is a very, very intelligent guy. He's a very smart IQ guy. Dwayne McBride doesn't seem like a Todd Bowles kind of guy, if you catch my drift. I was not terribly impressed with his interview. There were plenty of interviews that just blew me away. Um, Derek Hall from Auburn was one of those. Brian Branch from Alabama. Cam Jones, the Indiana Indiana linebacker. I was so impressed with him. I had to go back immediately and watch some Indiana game film just because I thought, holy smokes, this guy could be like Todd Bowles' son uh, just because of, of, of that impression that he made just from the interaction with the media, right? So Dwayne McBride, I like him. He is a violent, physical, angry runner. He cannot catch the ball. I don't think he has much experience in pass protection. He's coming off of an injury. We don't know how fast he is. He didn't run at the combine. He didn't run at his pro day. I like him. If he's undrafted, I've got no problems bringing him in, but he might be one of these guys whose stock is really sliding down the boards. I could be wrong, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, especially with so many other running backs there. like A team could have three other guys above him in the same range, yeah. and based on what you mentioned with uh, his results and his interview, he could be one guy that slides down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is interesting too because last year the Buccaneers had two guys on their board at the very top of the picks. That uh, they had Lewis seen from Georgia and Logan Hall from defensive the defensive tackle from Houston. They ended up trading out of the first round, and the Minnesota Vikings traded up to pick number thirty-two to grab Lewis seen from them uh, with the last pick of, of the draft, and that pretty much solidified. I think I even wrote it. They're going to draft Logan Hall right on the next day, and that's exactly what happened. He was he was the the top guy in our Bucks final mock mock draft or uh, first round mock draft, as well as a Bucks best bet. We also had Lewis seen in the previous mock draft before our final one, so we really nailed either one of those guys. The thing with seen is is remember they already had Logan Hall. I'm sorry, Logan Ryan. They already had Keanu O'Neill. They already had Mike Edwards under under his last year of his contract. Plus, Antoine Winfield. They had plenty of safeties, but Lewis Scene was more of a want than a need. Todd Bowles loved Lewis Scene, loved him. And once I saw his interview at the Georgia Pro Day, I said, "Wow, this is like Todd Bowles' son as well. Like just the cerebral abilities. It's it's just a perfect Todd Bowles Buccaneer fit." But they ended up going with the player that they needed, which was Logan Hall. He's going to be a starting defensive tackle this year next to Vita Vea. So that was a need position, probably the better position of, or the better pick of the two. But looking at Al Bundy's uh, question here or comment, it brings up a good point, Adam. I would pass on Brian Branch. Otherwise, you have to draft a guy like like uh, Matthew Bergeron from or Bergeron from uh, Stanford, not Stanford, Syracuse, the left tackle at 50. He might not be starting material. But if you don't draft Branch as the first round pick, there's a lot of safeties in the third or fourth round. So is Brian Branch, if he's there at number 19, do you pass on him for a tackle because of the same situation? Yeah, you want him, and maybe you need him because safety is a big-time need with only Winfield and Nolan Turner there. But Adam, you can you pass up a tackle for a safety when, as Al Bundy says, there might be some safeties there in rounds two, three,
1: or four? That's a very great point, point. Um, and I would say to that, kind of with Lewis seen you can pass on a safety just because you talk about getting value tackle outweighs safety. I mean, yeah. you can find safeties in free agency. I mean, Jesse Bates, he, he was a free agent. He went to the Falcons. So right, you can find a top tier safety. It's hard to find a top tier tackle. So getting a yeah. guy uh, at 19, if I saw there was a comment earlier about Broderick Jones, he could be an option as one of like the big three if, Yeah, or uh Paris Johnson. If he's on the board at like 15, do yeah. the bucks trade up? And maybe get a guy and say, "Hey, we have a tackle; we have it locked down." Because a lot of teams they enter the draft and they want like those impact players, and That's sometimes right. you have to trade up for them. And as the Bucs did with uh, Tristan Wirfs in 2020, yeah. it just shows the value and getting a tackle.
0: No doubt about it. That's why we got Darnell Wright in uh, in the top spot right now for our Peter Report mock draft. Josh Capa did a great job on that. Uh, the other day. So if you haven't checked out our Peter report mock, mock draft version 4.0, make sure you do so. And that's on peterreport.com. I'll try to drop that into the, uh, the chat here in just a second. But, uh, if you, if you're looking to, to make another pick, um, uh, and you're choosing your health as you should, because we all should choose our health. If we don't take care of ourselves, nobody else will, well, make sure you do it at age rejuvenation.
1: As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. And I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to Age Rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. i my got all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with Age Rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait.
0: Call Age Rejuvenation today. Don't wait, folks. Don't do what I did. I waited. I waited. I waited. I waited until I was 50 years old before I did something about my low testosterone. I didn't even know I had low testosterone. That was the thing. But I went to age rejuvenation, and I got my testosterone checked. They do the blood work. Insurance will pay for it. And lo and behold, I had low testosterone, and I'm not alone. Most men in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, et cetera, they've got low testosterone because that happens naturally as you get older. But you can reverse it. You can fix it with the testosterone therapy. That's what I did. If you mention Pewter Report, you get 500 bucks off your first treatment. Go to agerejuvenation.com. Sign up for that no-risk, no-obligation consultation. And they've got five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. They're the official sponsor of our Pewter Report uh, podcast as well. And, And we'd love to have you become an Age Rejuvenation customer just like myself and John Gilmore, former Bucks tight end. So we have, I've got the, the link here and I'm going to put this in the chat as well. So you can check out that mock draft, uh, a good one. And it's, you know, it's one of those things that, that uh, are we going to keep it the same next time. Cause I really liked how this one came out. We got some great feedback on it. So let us know what you think of the mock draft. I just put that in the chat. Again, Josh Capo did a great job on it. Usually I do these things. I've done them for like 20 years. Josh said, Hey, can I do one? I said, yeah, sure. Let's do, we collaborate on it. But gosh, most of those picks were his. We, you know, we agreed on everything, which was cool. He did the write-ups, did a fantastic job. So hats off to our, our own Josh Capo uh, for that. And uh, what else can you check out on pewterreport.com? Well, NSRS Fab Five coming your way tomorrow. That's right, tomorrow, Fab Five Friday. The Mothership, pewterreport.com. Visit it now. Visit it often for the best the best bucks coverage. Still have free agency going on. The draft is coming up. It's the place you want to be. Nobody covers the draft for the Buccaneers like Pewter Report. You know that. That's why you're listening to this podcast. And make sure that you follow us on social media, at Pewter Report on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And, of course, make sure that you watch and like and subscribe all of our Pewter Report podcasts on our Pewter Report TV YouTube channel. That's right, Pewter Report TV. We're over 10,000 subscribers. Thanks to you awesome Pewter people. We love you guys. And the great thing is, is we've got another podcast coming up Monday. That's right, Monday. We love Mondays because we always have roll call. We we'll have to have you on, uh, on a Monday, Adam. Uh, yeah, we love we love all of our podcasts Mondays and Tuesdays at four p.m. Eastern, and of course our primetime podcasts Wednesday and Thursday nights. But uh, but Monday is kind of fun. It's it's a it's a cool crowd, and uh, we have a lot of international folks too tuning in. We we love our international viewers and our, our pewter people from around the globe. So did you have a good time tonight? Adam? This, this was kind of a fun draft-oriented show. You were at the Senior Bowl with us?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. And first time being on with you for a full show. So. Yes, I had a blast, yeah. man. All
0: yes, right, sir. Sly, we appreciate having you on, and we appreciate all the Peter people out there that uh, that have subscribed to Peter Report's podcast and checked out PeterReport.com. Uh We love you all, and hope you guys have a great weekend. For Adam Slavon, I'm Scott Reynolds saying we'll see you Monday at 4 o'clock Eastern for the next edition of the Pewter Report Podcast.